You want a footy podcast with expert opinion. Beat Freo there last year for whatever that holds. Yeah, it's the least relevant game of 2016. <laughs> with sizzling hot takes. They're a bigger cop taste to their fans than late 1990s Pamela Anderson. And unique analysis. What was it? What was the quote, mate? I don't know. I was pissed. <laughs> you want the Greenfield Post footy podcast. Yeah! I was about to say we should update that uh, that opener, but pretty sure that, that line from Rudy, I don't know, I was pissed, probably just... It rings true, doesn't it? Well, it describes every week, really. <laughs> you are on the GFP Footy Podcast. Another round of footy has uh, been run and won, and fantastic round of footy. A lot of, uh, I think the Herald Sun called it moving round or something. Is that right, Rudy? Yeah, yeah, they've been, they've been calling it moving round. Yeah, a lot no, of teams prove themselves. A lot of teams prove that, well, they aren't that good. A lot of We're teams a- proven to be cowards and or frauds. Ooh, look out. We are going to touch. we'll get into. We'll get into that. We'll get into beast mode as well. Toby Green, Ben Cunnington, Gary Pert. Talk about straight, you know, hot takes. Well, we, I didn't see that coming. I know, absolutely. Uh, Rudy's rant is back. He's got his eyes set on something that happened on Friday night at the Adelaide game. Uh, Liam Pickett and Cal Sinclair, weird take of the week. Give me something. It is a GP footy podcast. I'm at Rabs Warren. Of course, you've already heard his voice. We are joined by Rudy Etzel. G'day, guys. Lovely and, to be here. of course, Ethan Meldrum. How you going, Ethan? Yeah, good. Uh, I'm disappointed to be sitting alongside Rudy, but whatever. <laughs> it's not. We'll, we'll get on. It's not often. It's not often that uh, a Collingwood and Demons fan can sit here with a win on the board and uh, look at a Geelong fan and be like, "Oh, suffering your job." Actually, take that back. I'm not disappointed anymore. Now you pointed that out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, players of the week, boys. Look, I, I mentioned two weeks ago. He let me down last week, but he's back. Dane Zorko, another fantastic. Well, to be honest, his game was already done at halftime, like that game itself. He ended up with 26 disposals, five tackles, five clearances, three goals, one. The greatest player to ever play the game, the Zork, he is just an absolute freak. Just continues to get it done. Why was nobody tagging him? Yeah, we had a bit of a chat about that yesterday, didn't we? It, it works. Yeah. Look, look, Sam Reed kept him to five touches. Dion Prestia kept him to, what, 11? Mm. I, know, I know Ed Kerno's out, which is not helpful because he's, he's their go-to shutdown player. Yeah. But why not send Sam Kerris to him? Why not send, fuck, I don't know, Charlie Kerno to him or something like well, that? Well, not only has... Someone who, someone who can run. Well, not only has it wor- keep up with worked in the past against Brisbane, but also Brisbane put a tag on uh, yeah, Bryce the, Gibbs. They're running Rockcliffe on him. On, that's uh, you know that seems crazy to put one of your best midfielders yeah. in, in a tagging role like that. But he caned the shit out of yeah. Bryce Gibbs. Gibbs had <laughs> he had two touches at half time. Yeah, I thought he must have gotten injured. I was like looking on my phone. I'm like, is he off injured? He might, how's he, he cannot possibly have had that little influence on play, but. There you have it. And they also, I don't know who they played on, but um, Doherty was very quiet in the first half too. He freed up in the second half. Yeah. But th- that was a masterclass from Fagan. I mean, granted, you know, Carlton have got a couple of bigs out, big outs, Marchbank, but, and of course, Cripps, but they were pathetic. When was, when, when, when was the last time Carlton were exposed defensively as much as they were mm. last night? Round one, probably? Oh, oh Port, Port Adelaide. When Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide So twice this season, both by top six sides. Mm. Mm. And and um, you said that's a, you mentioned that's a masterclass by Fagan. We've been singing uh, Brandon Bolton's praises all season and he mm. really got badly exposed by uh, by Fagan. Although, I mean, if you think about it, Carlton's midfield was missing Cripps and um, the other Kerno and, you know, with Bryce Gibbs tagged out of the game. And then you look at Brisbane's midfield, it's got Zorko, Beams, Rockliffe in it. And you sort of go, yeah, you can, it's not actually that difficult to understand why Brisbane got on top of them so heavily well, in the middle. They're, they're big outs. Well, for all the love affair that everyone's had with, with Bolton and Carlton this year, they're still only one game away from finishing last. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, not, maybe they haven't had as good a season that everyone's <laughs> trying to talk them up to. What well, about you, Ruth? Uh, Eth, I should say. Sorry, who was your player of the week, mate? Just 
quick drive-by for Rudy? Well, no, no, no. We've discussed why we're doing I don't that. mind it, but yeah. <laughs> uh, mine was Ben Brown. Oh, uh, yeah. The big big boner. The big boner. The baby giraffe. Um, <laughs> he's kicked 16 goals in the last four weeks. Topped it off with six yesterday. Mm. In a loss, like... He's just been phenomenal this season and again on Saturday against a good Essendon side, an Essendon side that's primed for September action. It was basically basically the hope up forward and he delivered. Absolutely fantastic performance. He typifies North because no one talks about him, no one really cares about him. But, but he's, he, kicked four, he he's, the, he's kicked 47 but he goals he gets this the year. job done. Yeah, yeah. He's, okay. he's, he's just, a gun. His output is incredible this season. He hasn't gone goalless yet, which considering a... Considering the player he is, considering he doesn't really mark the ball that much, considering you know, he doesn't w- win a lot of the ball, mm. that's really surprising how he just continues to contribute every single week. And he's now got a big bag to his name, which is really impressive. He's just a bit yuck. You know, I can't, <laughs> I can't it, physically look at him. He's and, just a bit sloppy. He yeah, looks sloppy. He, he, he's he, white. He, he's not exactly an aesthetic footballer. We'll put it that way. He needs, he, he, like, he needs to get a haircut. He took five, like, he took five no, contested he marks on the weekend. He can really, he can, like you said, he's not much of a marker. He can take not contested con- grabs. Not, not consistently is probably yeah. how I'd put it. Mm. But, but he, he can, can take cons- contested marks. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Roots? Uh, my player of the weekend, he comes from the same game as you, uh, Rabs. Beast mode. Reese Matheson. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just love him so much because of This how- is the end of the segment. <laughs> I just love how angry he makes people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everyone just gets so furious about this guy, like... He's out there, you know, uh, just, swanning about like a peacock, you know, just, preening, preening and primping and ducking his head and running the shotgun, pointing at the scoreboard. I just love it. I just love how much it makes people angry. And I especially love that he's very average. Like he's real crap at football, <laughs> but he just struts around like he's Wayne Carey in 1997. It's just beautiful. You just know, without any of the skill. Yeah, yeah. about what, what, you know, maybe 4% of the skill, <laughs> if that. He, he um, just, that's, just a, strolls, that's a bit generous. He just, he just strolls around, just, you know, telling people where to go and where he is. And I just think it's, I just think it's funny. Four free kicks, four. Do you reckon that's probably why uh, people get annoyed by him? It helps. Yeah, of course, yeah. If, every time he's in within five metres of the footy, just everyone anticipates what's he going to do. Slip it, he'll slip the shoulder and all of a sudden he, he gets caught. He's going to win the ball, he's going to slip the shoulder, is he... You know, going to tackle someone or whatever. He gets a lot of attention. He's oh, a glorious troll king. He is. So, do you reckon he's taken the mantle from Stephen Milne as the most annoying player in the AFL? Obviously, Milne's king of all kings, but mm. do you think he's taken the mantle as the most annoying player in the AFL? I was going to say Hayden Ballantyne, but he wasn't fucking doing anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's probably Hayden Ballantyne was in the middle, and now it's Reese uh, And Tommy Beast Bug. Mood. Yeah. Tommy Bug, yeah. I love Tommy Bug as well. Less physical, though, Reese Matheson. He's the one copying it, yeah, instead yeah. of dishing it out. Yeah, it's true. I love it though. Um, we mentioned in the in the in the warm up for this uh, podcast, it, w- it was a moving round because there was a lot of games where you know teams proved themselves and other teams kind of shit their ducks. So um, let's start with the big one, Adelaide Geelong on Friday night. We won't talk about it too much, Rudes, because you'd be disappointed. And I know you didn't actually. actually I'd get like to, to talk a lot about it, it if we could. <laughs> <laughs> it w- the writing was on the wall though, wasn't it? With you know a half fit. Paddy Dangerford going in, who was arguably still your best player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it's I didn't get to watch it, but from what I understand, it sounds like Adelaide just sort of went out of their way to beat the Cats up. Is that is that fair? More or less. Yeah, in a sense. They, I, I think they just forgot they were playing Geelong and just yeah. played their normal game. Because what, <laughs> what, the, what they've done against Geelong recently is, you know, they've been pressed really hard. And they've just smashed it up the line. They've turned it over and, you know, it's come back the other way. But they just 
they played their normal game and they played it really well. They hit up their targets and yeah, just didn't look like an Adelaide long game like it the, normally would. Well, the scary thing I reckon for for a Cats fan going into the finals is that once again you look at the stat sheet and it's Selwood and Dangerfield and Mitch Duncan on top and Zach Tui off the halfback flank. Like where, where, who else is going to step up for them? Like they need to elevate their game to another level in finals, and it's just not there. I don't reckon. No, not not from their not from their five to eleven or five to twelve sort of players. Mm. It's not. Yeah, um, I'd I'd like to see the Cats play with a midfield in which Scott Selwood and Bren, Brendan Parfit both get to play. Yeah, because he, he's injured hamstring yeah. again, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, done his hammy again. Came back, did his hammy out again. Um, but it does. It looks a bit thin. They look so one-dimensional at times, mm. the Cats, I reckon. Mm. Um, and it's just really hard for them to win another way. Like they got over the line, you know, with a you know a sort of like plan B that got forced on them last week with Paddy, Paddy's paddock. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of blokes that when they're not contributing, you know, when they're not playing well, they're almost like active detriments. You're, you're the, you know, you're Reese Stanley types. You're the, the, Stephen Motlop. The, yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. The biggest one. Stephen Motlop. Stephen yeah. Motlop. He, yeah. he, he's that sort of player. Like we know what he's we know what he's been capable of. He once kicked forty goals playing through the midfield. And he, yeah, but in his best season, twelve touches on Friday night. Mm. I know. It, it was just nowhere to be it's, seen. It's easy. They tried to get rid of him. They tried to get rid of him in the last off season. Mm. No one would take him on the wages he was on, and then they missed out on Brett Delidio because of it. So. <laughs> He's got no ticker. He's, he's soft as. He could mm. he could play for West Coast. How's Harry Taylor, then, kicking, how's then, Harry Taylor kicking five goals? Yeah, I know. Talk that's about almost, I reckon that's a bad thing. I'd rather him not kicking five goals and making everyone think he can play up forward. Just leave him down back. Because he's, keep, he's keeping Wiley. Buzzer out of the side. That's what oh, we big, need. Big Wiley. Uh, I'd, but I just look at players like Cam Guthrie and Jordan Murdoch. And you Gu- did, Guthrie's been real you, average this year. You're not going to yeah, win a premiership with the, these blokes. The problem is, oh, I think Cam Guthrie is... He's a good player, but he he's just he's struggling this season. It's fair to say he's he's the bloke that really needs to be lifting. I mean, it, Adelaide just went head to head in midfield, and then Mac, the Crouch brothers were sensational. Rory Sloan kicking three goals too, unbelievable. It'd be re- really weird how the Cats didn't get the message there. Yeah, Richard Douglas four goals. Hugh Greenwood, if Hugh Greenwood had a debut earlier, he could be uh, rising nab rising star, or is he a bit too old? He's twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, he's a jet. <laughs> He is a Same way Liam Anthony's a rising star, I think. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Riley Knight on Joel Selwood as well was really good. Selwood, Selwood still had 26 touches and nine tackles. It was, so. it was nowhere to be seen in that first half. Uh, moving on to Sydney and Saints. Thank another you. Another game to uh, <laughs> get it over with. Thank you. Like, you know, one, one week they put a team to a sword and then they're just disgusting two weeks in a row. And now everyone's talking about how they should retire Nick Rewop, blah, blah, blah. They're against the most informed team in the comp, playing on their home deck, which is the best home advantage in the AFL. St Kilda were never really a chance, were they? No, no, no surely not. Did they haven't the, beaten the, Sydney since I think you know the nineteen oh four. Seriously, they haven't beaten Sydney for ages. They haven't won. They don't they win. Beat them since they were South Melbourne. Yeah, they basically don't win interstate. St Kilda, I like I said last week. I think St Kilda are pretty much roughly where they should be. I reckon they were a year ahead of where they were. They should have been last year, and this season it's sort of like. Um, plateauing mm. in mm. a sense. I've heard um, about on the, the Nick Rewalt thing. Surely he'll retire. I would have you, thought. You'd think so. Yeah. yeah, and you'd think if look if they don't make finals, you'd think he'd probably he'll probably retire. And Joey Montana will. Oh, I mean, he's done a, a pretty serious hammy, so he's out for what three to four. I, so I, I don't think we'll see him in a Kilda jersey again. I wouldn't have thought. 
Well, he's he's doing calling now for Triple M, so yeah, I think I think he's doing it well too. Doing it really well. He's been mm. fantastic. So I think he he sort of got his post footy career sort of lined up. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes. Just Nick Rayold is a big question because obviously he wants to go on and. Yeah. The question is whether he can, whether his knees can hold up, whether he can contribute well, the, to a level that is worth ten keeping. Tu- ten touches. The word is yeah. that um, isn't the word is that he he reckons he can go another year, and the Saints reckon he can't. Is that that's I what, think that's so. what I've heard. I, I reckon that. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, he had ten touches. That's you know not a, not a great day. Everyone has I, bad games, but I, th- I think his knees might be playing up, might be rested again this week. The end. Uh, the end does come so. quick for for taller players, doesn't it? Oh, I think the end has been drawn quite <laughs> drawn out pretty far for Nick Rewalt. To Mem- be honest, remember yeah. Cozzy? I mean, Cozzy. I mean, yeah, you are. <laughs> he never quite hit those heights, did he? No. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I mean, to be fair, Nick Rewalt can get probably 10, 15 good games out of him next year. You'd say mm. reasonably confidently. Is that worth keeping Paddy McCartan out of the side for? Because. And they've got the other bloke who, um, Josh Battle. Yeah, is, is, is it worth you know three or chop, four against is it, is it worth chopping and changing these sort of guys so they can get Nick Rewald in, and potentially jeopardising their futures as well? If you were a side that backed yourself, like if you were say Richmond, backed yourself to to win a flag in the next couple of years, would you chuck some money at him and say, Rue, yeah, just not? just state like just play in Melbourne. We won't take you into state. Play every other week. Do it. Do a Stuart Jew. Yeah. Just except don't put on so much weight. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when um, I think uh, who was the coach prior to Richo? The guy who came over uh, from Scott Waters. Uh, so yeah, Scotty Waters. Waters was there, and Collingwood went hard at at Rue, at Rue and being like, "We'll give you a two year deal." Cause yeah, that, that's right. And he knocked it back. I don't think if a club offered him, I don't think he. No, I wouldn't have thought he'd he'll go be a one club but, player. But, but I think, but I think if, for if, someone if, like if, Richmond, it'd be worth asking the question. Yeah, if you don't ask, the answer's no. So. All right. Now uh, I can already feel the, the table rising a little bit from where Ethan Meldrum's sitting because <laughs> the D's, they I'm, just I'm, I'm absolutely so put the power to the sword. Uh, but again, the power are never going to win that game. No, they were never going to. Against yeah. a decent side. I tipped, I tipped Melbourne with 100% confidence. I tipped Melbourne with no confidence, so there we go. Yeah. I mean, there was a clinic in the first half. It was an absolute clinic. Does, did Michael Hibbard, he must have, he must have showered for at least three weeks because no <laughs> one went near. He had 36, he had 24 kicks. Yeah. yeah he was just, um, just coming off the back half at will basically, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, I think that tells you a lot about how Port Adelaide's press sort of faltered in that Michael Hibbard, a guy who kind of roams around the back half can get 36 touches. Yeah. That yeah. shouldn't happen. No. I, shouldn't. I reckon that's probably Running the most. Running a Heath Shaw t- style setup back there just. That's probably the most frustrating part of the game for Ken Hinckley, is that he allowed that to happen. I mean, Jaden well, well, Hunt had twenty kicks, twenty six yeah, touches too. as well. I mean, those two. You don't want, J- want Jaden Hunt having twenty kicks. No, no that's no. No. that's dangerous. <laughs> Dom Tyson had twenty to half time. But you, all of a sudden, you know, Melbourne have got a very decent defence. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, Neville Jetta was almost all Australian last year. He was in the extended squad and didn't didn't make all Australian. Like he's a jet and and. And to be fair to him as well, like Robbie Gray had a really good game. Only reason he was put in the midfield, like I mean, Port Adelaide were getting smashed there. He was not really effective in the first quarter, and that's because Neville Jetta was on him. Yeah, and then Wingard went down, and that that looked change. awful. That looked, yeah. I thought he'd broken his ankle initially, so he'll be out for three weeks. But <laughs> I mean, Port are pretty safely in the eight, but they've got to start beating teams that are the, around yeah, them. Yeah, they literally haven't beaten a good side at all. <laughs> well, they beat Sydney, but that was. Since Sydney were poor. Yeah, like, even their win over West Coast. Now, West Coast form is starting to come to a head. Mm. It's starting to look less convincing as well. So, have they, have they beaten a the top eight side now? They've beaten Sydney. Uh, well, they beat West one. Coast when West Coast were in the eight, but now they're out. Mm. 
Um, I think didn't didn't them beating West Coast knock them out of the eight? Uh, right? Us beating West Coast yesterday yeah. meant that West Coast weren't in the eight. Now yeah. Essendon are shuttered. I think West Coast that. beat Port at at Adelaide Oval early, earlier in the year as well. Mm. This year's so strange. Like even, even like Port, every Port, week. Uh, Port were the team. When I said that teams are being confirmed cowards and frauds, mm. Port were the team I was talking about. Reef frauds. Well, they are the, they're the biggest frauds of 2017. Oh, they are by far. Yeah, yeah. They just they play the same game and it works against teams like Collingwood and you know, shitter teams like Carlton. But then when they come come up against a team that has a plan B and plan C, they've got nothing to go back. That's yeah. always been Ken Hinckley's thing, though. Yeah, There's yeah, a great uh, plan yeah. A. Mm. And then nothing else really after that. Yep. Uh, let's move on to this next game. Before we do, I just want to have a listen to this. I am extremely comfortable in saying that I'm, <laughs> I'm extremely comfortable in not saying that Richmond are the real deal. In fact, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd even have them in my top six. Ah, do you still stand by <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. They are good. They are good. Um, however, GWS cowards mm. and, um, and I still don't think Richmond can win the flag. I still think they'll fall apart in a final. I would love Richmond to make a grand final and get absolutely smashed or lose by a point in a prelim. <laughs> <laughs> imagine imagine if um, they finish fourth and their first week up is Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. Mm. That place scares That's them. That's tough. I, I, stu- I still like I, I, And I mean, I like them. I... Um, I've, I'm, my mum's a Richmond fan, so I've always had a soft spot for them. But I still just don't think they're led well enough to win finals. I just I don't see this team winning finals. No. It's like um, like Ross Lyon when he ran St Gilda yeah, and Freo. Yeah, you know? no, it's I just know, not a I game plan that stands up. It's not a game plan that wins your finals. It certainly stood up in the wet though. It yeah, didn't it? What? Well, as soon as it stopped, <laughs> as soon as it started raining, this, the Giants just packed up. They went, we're not, mm. we're not, we're not interested in this. We're, yeah, I, I think we, we I only think like I, to play in the dry. Honestly, GWS is the story. I, I think it really really shows how shit they've been over the last three months. Like, I mean, they've had injuries, which is fair enough, but I think injuries can only describe what they've done to a point. They've had one win the last six weeks over Brisbane. Mm. That's the only time they've kicked over a hundred points as well. Like you look back through the last three months of football, their win over West coast. Good win. Like maybe their win over Essendon, considering what Essendon has done recently. Good win. What else is there? Smash Brisbane. Is that draw, the that draw gets. with Geelong where they probably should have lost? And look, they went in that game heavy favourites against the Geelong side that was missing Joel Selwood. Yeah. They've had, they've had a lot of injuries, but I was saying to you boys before the podcast that I think that they just back themselves offensively against teams because they don't defend that well. They have no, they don't, they don't put any pressure on. No. Really, do they? No. Um, and I think the biggest culprit of that if we can, you know, put him in the spotlight is Steve Johnson. He, yeah, he's yeah, done he one like thing the entire season, and that was kick a winning goal against, a, 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 against That's it. Against against Richmond, he had nine disposals, four pressure acts. He averages about fifteen or so for the season for a medium sized forward in the wet. For a bloke that's a coach, co- he's an assistant coach at the club, isn't he? he he's, he's basically got a coaching role at the club. Jesus, that's mm, four really four pressure acts. He got beaten two successive one on ones by Alex Rance and Dylan Grimes. A ball that needed to be won. He lost both of them to key defenders in the wet. He looks disgusting. Absolutely awful. Yeah, yeah. he looks he looks utterly utterly cooked. And yeah, if they make well, they'll make finals. And if they go into a crunch final and, and there's pressure on spots. You know, Steve Johnson should get dropped if he continues that sort of form. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I this was another players back. Yeah, this was another game where I t- I took Richmond with one hundred percent confidence. Here. I was just, was under no illusion that the Giants would 
would would win this. Well, um, uh, sorry, mate. Can can I just say, like, it looked the weirdest look of the week for me was the MCG with all that standing water on it mm, and all the blokes yeah, slipping over drain. and stuff. It completely didn't drain. It was really weird. Um, Dylan like, it Shaw very he, very heavily. Yeah, Dylan Shaw when he was coming off the ground, he was covered in mud. Yeah, he when was the last time you saw that at the G. Well, yeah, I just like I was talking about this with um with a bloke off air, and we were saying like it's, it was like looked like the late nineties. You just don't see standing water on the MCG. It's the best no. draining surface in probably the world. Yeah. And it looked it looked super strange um, well, to see that. Well, Richmond are two Richmond are two points off um, second, and realistically, if they finish second or third, they'll either host GWS or play GWS or Geelong in Victoria. They and, could actually they could beat Geelong in a final. They could beat Geelong, and they definitely could yeah. beat the Giants. So they've got Geelong in a couple of weeks, I think. Yeah, they'll they'll beat Geelong. I'm sure of that. They their game plan is perfectly that, that, set that, up that, to that, beat that's Geelong. That's a skill too. So yeah, oh heavy, maybe heavy, not then. Maybe not then. Heavy, heavy press on a small ground. Don't write them off. Mm. Mm. Hard to beat Geelong at skilled. You get mm. John get like four or five extra goals just from the umpires alone. <laughs> <laughs> Real That's sort true. of Subiaco yeah. feel yeah, about yeah. it, doesn't it? Uh, Rants on Dangerfield. That'll be fun. We'll talk about one last game before we move on to the rest of the stuff. And we talk about pretenders. Talk about weak teams. Talk about pathetic teams. West Coast Eagles are Whoa. a fucking disgrace. They yeah. are. The softest team in the AFL by a mile. Yes, they are cowards and frauds. <laughs> they would they, they literally stopped playing at three quarter time. They're like, we've got this one, let's stop. I, there was a, a stat that I saw that I sent to you blokes. It was um, four guys between them didn't record a single contested possession. It was Gaff, Pritis, Shuey, and In the and last Sheed quarter. In the last quarter. That is putrid. It's deplorable. It is deplorable. How can, well, you know, I, I get it with Gaff. He's not really a contested player, but. Oh, he can be when he tries. Yeah, I know, but he's not. It's not his role. No, really. Um, I thought the pig absolutely dominated Gaff. He, he was. He didn't pig? get a touch. Oh, Levi Levi Greenwood, Greenwood didn't right. get a touch before three quarter time, and then they threw Greenwood forward because we had to kick goals. And yeah, yeah. Kick and go- then kick, kick goals. Yeah, yeah, kick goals. But yeah. they're, they're pathetic. I mean, Tom Langdon was um, out out muscling Jack Darling. I mean, Mark Lacroix was going in with his feet instead of going to pick up the footy. Like they actually look like a disgraceful football club. They, they were so, so poor. It they was, they yeah. quite obviously packed it in after Jack Darling kicked that goal to get them four goals up Yeah, early in the in the, in the last term. But then Elliot Yo, you know, misses running into an open goal, and that would have sealed the game. Mm. And then you look at the urgency on the other side, and Jordan Degoe making two massive tackles, and, mm. you know, for Solo and... That and, tackle on Duggan. Oh, it was a... Ama- and then he did it again inside 50. Like, yeah, Liam Duggan, like, I, I you can't really... I, I don't want to throw him under the bus too much because he's a young player and he probably hasn't got the experience of, of which we can pick guys like Gaff and Prittis and those sort of those sort of blokes. But the lack of awareness and the lack of intent was just telling. Mm. It was really telling. He just had nowhere to go and didn't really want to go anywhere either. Yeah, yeah. And he got pinged holding the ball and it ended in a goal. And it, you know they're they're irrelevant. They're just outside the eight. Collingwood are definitely irrelevant. We know that they can't make finals, but. West Coast, I mean, they're, they're equal with Essendon, but they look shit house. They did. They look so poor. And I've got a, I've got a West Coast fan mate who um, listens to this pod every week, and he was, um, he was annoyed about. I'm, how I'm we, sorry, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he was annoyed at how he covered West Coast recently, but I, I think he'll probably be in agreement with us that they, you know, in in our. Uh, assessment of them here because that was just like that, that loss yesterday was just horrendous. They, I, they had that game in hand and to give it up to Collingwood, you know, who are, as you said, like poor, they're mm. not a good side. No, they kicked 13, 15 in the end, Collingwood. Oh, 
Jeez, <laughs> so bad. But, I mean, so, J- JK dominated Goldsack, and I thought it was a great move to, you know, put. Um, Man, he's good to watch. Oh, Kennedy's unbelievable. But he had, what, four goals up to half time, kicked two in the third quarter, and then they finally chucked Lyndon Dunn on him. And Lyndon Dunn did reasonably well to hold him after that. Yeah, he did. Um, but yeah, they're, they're shit ass. But talking about Collingwood, um, we've heard news filter through in the last hour and a bit that the CEO, Gary Pert, has resigned yeah. from his post. In air quotes. <laughs> what, yeah. do we, what do we think about that? Um, well, someone's got to be made accountable. And it's not going to be the big fella, is it? No, there definitely no. won't be the big fella, who's yeah. now the host of the footy show, mm. if you don't know who we're talking about. <laughs> um, but I, someone posed the question to, to me in the office is, do you reckon that um, Pert will move into AFL House? Well, maybe. It's They're, they're definitely looking for blokes from Clubland, aren't they? Mm. So um, I don't know if Pert would have necessarily been on their radar, but he would be now for sure. Well, CEO of Collingwood is a, for 10 years is a pretty good resume. Mm-hmm. I just, I just think like presided over two grand finals, yeah, flag wins, yeah, so, he's, yeah. several prelims. It's, it's not a bad well. CV. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing I find weird is that like, why is this decision being made less than twenty four hours after the club's best win in a while? Like, yeah, now now all now all the spotlight is taken off. What was a good win for Collingwood? A, a you know a, a win from nowhere, mm. a win that kind of backs in Nathan Buckley to an extent, who's been by far the most pillaged coach of the year. Finally, some good PR for Collingwood as much as anything. And now Gary Pert's gone. Well, uh, it's a good move, though, if, if, I, I, in my I, opinion. You, I, get, I, I you get stale. I, I think you get stale in roles. Yeah, no, no I, 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 don't, I don't disagree with that. I just disagree with the timing. Yeah. No, I you, you reckon you get stale in roles? Oh, absolutely. So how long has, how long has Eddie been? You know my stance on this, though. <laughs> I think Eddie's massively stale on that, you know. In, in, as Collingwood president, needed someone to come in and make a shake up, and you know, if hopefully, hopefully the changing of a CEO shakes it up enough. But if it doesn't, then I think Eddie's probably going to have to be the next one to mm. to well, follow. We'll see. We'll see. We'll definitely see. Um, now, I want to talk about uh, uh, Liam Pickett and Cal Sinclair. We talk about random bags of goals. <laughs> Who the hell would have thought Cal Sinclair can kick five goals three in a game? That was something else. Like he, he got plucked from the near full. Mm. It was replacing Sam Reed. Like, Sam Reed's not a good footballer, and Cal- Calum Sinclair is behind him. <laughs> he is. Yeah. And he, he took eight contested marks, six of those inside 50. On Jake On snake. Jake on, Carlo. On Jake Bloody <laughs> Carlo. Who people were like, oh, maybe he's all Australian. Uh-uh. Cal Sinclair's <laughs> kicked five goals, three. Retire, bitch. Uh, Cal that, Sinclair. That, that, that locks Jake Carlo in the anti-All-Australian <laughs> team, I think. And if there's, only, if there's one bloke who, who beat him this week, it's your man, Rudy. From the Western Bulldogs. Liam Picken. Yeah, I I can't quite believe that. Just six straight booted like six. Yeah, <laughs> it, he had f- um had he, three he, to quarter time. He out Patrick he Dangerfield had, Patrick Dangerfield. <laughs> he had four. He had four um about sort of like seven or eight minutes into the second quarter, and I was like, oh, is he on for ten? <laughs> <laughs> I think this would be the weirdest I, thing of the season. I think we've described him once as like the pub footballer, hasn't we? Because he just looks like a pub footballer. This looks like a bloke who's just rolled out, going to play, you know, in some country footy league. And he kicks six straight. How much of an indictment is that on Gold Coast, oh. though? Yeah, well, Gold Coast, we all know what Gold Coast is done for. They are. Horrible, horrible football club. Uh, let's turn our attention back to uh, Friday night's game, though. For big fellas angry, it's Rudy's rant. All right, this is uh, nothing on field this time around. This is about the, the flare that got let off. Uh, at late, Was it late in the third quarter or fourth? Fourth, I think. Yeah. I was it on the hill? 
Yeah, it was on the Just just in front of the scoreboard. Of course, it was on the hill. So a bloke in there's let off a flare, and then someone's you know two. Other members of the crowd have grabbed him and then gotten him arrested. Now banned for life from Adelaide Oval. For life? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. That's apparently banned strong. for life. Um, the question I want to ask here is, what's the problem with flares? Why does everyone, why is everyone so scared of flares? Hmm. I mean, like, I, I understand that there's a potential safety issue there. I just don't understand why we can't, uh, you know, introduce flares uh, into, the, into the atmosphere of, of sport safely. You know all the all of the words around it being used with you know disgrace. It's a disgrace. It's soured a great night at Adelaide Oval. I just I like the look of them. I reckon they look awesome. I reckon it always adds to the atmosphere. I think um, I think a lot of this comes from the way soccer gets um, othered in this country. The way people sort of talk about soccer like it's a some kind of yeah like it's some kind of alien thing to Australian culture. Um, I think that uh, I just think that there's a a way to introduce flares into sport and, and make them look good and, and just, just do it safely. Because, you yeah. know, there's a, a no tolerance thing for it, you know. Um, I reckon that you can make them look good. I reckon that there's a way to, to make this, you know, a part of the, the sporting atmosphere around here. Well, here's a question for you. And well, I absolutely hate bringing this back up because it's just a disgraceful act. But the Port Adelaide fan who threw a banana at Eddie Betts copped an indefinite ban. And a guy who brings a flare into Adelaide Oval gets a lifetime ban. I don't, they're, they're, yeah. they're not even anywhere near each other. I just don't think flares are, are like automatically a bad thing. Like it's been accepted, you know, it's like the accepted wisdom around here is that, oh, we, you know, you can't bring flares. No, that's just bad. Like why? Why is it bad? Yeah, they I, look I, sick. I, they I, look I, sick. I get that they burn um, quite, you know, hot. But if you, if you can... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like they, 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 they you, you, know, you, you wouldn't want to touch an open flare. Yeah, yeah. like you, there's a there's a safety issue there. But he didn't you don't throw want to, it. You at don't, yeah, just you just just ripped it and dropped it. Yeah. And I just think that they look they look good. Like that makes it a bit a bit smoky and stuff. I just don't really see the issue with it. I don't I don't really see the the, the, the pants wetting. Yeah, I I I had to I wrote that story for Triple M on on Friday night. I was covering the footy and I wrote the headline. You know, flare ripped at Adelaide Oval because the reception I got, like when I when I saw it was on the hill, when I saw people were reacting to it, people were just like, oh, cool, there's a flare. Like, you don't often see that in the AFL, especially. I have a real issue with the Herald Sun's coverage of it. You know, like, every, everyone's going, like, oh, flare, you know, this, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. Herald Sun going, like, flare sours football. Yeah, yeah. No, who, who was soured? Yeah. I'd, yeah, I thought it... Like, like maybe the fan, because he's got an indefinite band, or a lifetime band. And then the, now, comments, but, the but, comments that are like, oh, must be an Adelaide United fan that somehow got through here. Mm, so that, you know... Do you reckon Don Pike's you know, got the? I've got a real bee in my bonnet about the way soccer gets spoken yeah, about. Yeah, but this I, but I, but I posted that story and it got, you know, it it gets likes on Facebook and on Twitter and all the comments are like, oh, that's really funny. Like, yeah. what, what's the issue? People don't have an issue with this. Well, do you reckon? Why Don, why why, do, why does the media coverage have to take an issue with it as well? How does it sour? Like, do you reckon Don exactly. Pike's got the boys in there after a 21, 21 point defeat against a top four opponent, being like, great win, boys, but you know. Frank's ripped a flare in a crowd, so we can't. Really, we can't not, really celebrate. Not a, gra- yeah. not, not a great win. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just have a moment of silence. Yeah, but... let, let's have a moment of silence for for a flare being let off in the Adelaide Oval. That's not it. That's almost weird take of the week sort of style. Uh, Harold, that's my weird take of the week. That is weird take of the week. My weird take of the week is uh, a, a good friend of uh, of mine. I do love the way he trolls people. Mick Malthouse. <laughs> he, um, what was All the, you have to do is say his name. Trolling when he put in, uh, he put James Clement in an article about. Um, uh, all-time underrated players or something like that. 
I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was yeah, I, th- I think, you put, did you put James Clement in his top? 20 players but, since 1990 or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, come a- on. Ahead, yeah. Of, ahead of both ablets? Or yeah, 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 yeah. That's um, it, yeah. He, he did an article on the back of the rhetoric around Patrick Dangerfield being danger flop and being weak, blah, blah, blah. And he did an article about tough players. Name Francis Perk, who got his head smashed open in 1980 grand final. Um, Dom Pike he named. And then he dropped Alan Didak. <laughs> that's one of the toughest <laughs> players to ever play the game. And I read that and I said to Rudy... This he's just absolutely trolling people now. Like he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, well, uh, he he hasn't really given a fuck for a long time. I don't think. No. <laughs> um, well, he can get away with it. That's the thing. He just. I, I think the thing that he he does is he just he just seems to rate the blokes that he coached way higher than than mm. they should be. Yeah. Like, we, I mean, I've no problem with Alan Didak. I thought he was a good player. Don't know if I'd call him one of the toughest getting around. In fairness, he also put Matthew Cruiser in this list. Well, you could you could argue that Matthew Cruz is tough because he's injured all the time. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, well, he's, I, probably, he's probably the all Australian rucker after, after what seven knee reconstructions and twenty other injuries. Yeah, Steph Martin did number him yesterday though, so <laughs> who knows? Yeah, that was my weird take. What well, you, you got another one, don't you, though, Roots? Oh, that that weird article that got published today. Um, I can't find it now, but it was basically saying that in a 21st century workplace, sprays like Brad Scott's to Jack Dawes aren't, you know, no longer acceptable. And, um, was that the New Daily? Yeah, it was in the New Daily, yeah. And that, it, was, it was basically saying that, it, you know, you, you can't treat your employees this way. And it's like, how is it, any, you know, I mean, like, I wouldn't want to get screamed at by my boss like that either. But it's I'm a not different environment. Footy, like, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> Yeah, you know he, he's also out there. You know that a lot of things that happen on the footy field could be considered, you know, poor OH&S. <laughs> you know, you, you don't you don't expect to get bumped, you know, or <laughs> yeah. tackled while going no, to get no, the milk out the fridge of the office. No, no one's getting charged for assault in the AFL at the moment. I mean, I mean Toby I, Green. Toby Green's pretty close. I mean, so is Ali Fahur, but you know, mm. it's a different environment. <laughs> yeah, like, it is. like Majak Dawes got. 45 minutes, like it was halfway through the third quarter. He's got 45 minutes to, you know, get his shit together and play well, you know, in a close game. What else is Brad Scott going to do? I, I actually, if he needs a message oh, delivered and he's going to yell at him. And clearly magic, nothing gets through to him. So he's just tried something different because he's pathetic. If we've got <laughs> to talk, talk about it lightly. To, to be fair to magic, he wasn't that bad on the weekend. Mm. Uh, we've got a bit of time. I just thought I'd bring this up. Uh, it actually is in the rundown. I just skipped over the top of it. Toby Green and Ben Cunnington. They just continue to let their clubs down. Ben Cunnington is on the verge of getting suspended for the third time this season, which is Cam Mooney sort of areas. And mm. Toby Green, on the verge of finals, will likely get another two weeks for a jumper punch, maybe three because he's already been suspended for it. Yep. They're, yeah, both, you, you, you they're get, both deals, mm. it's fair to say. He'll get an extra week thrown on, one, Toby Green? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. He, will, uh, he won't be able to play down. You know what I mean? Like he won't be able to get the won't be two down to the one. The early play, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just stupid. Like the whole, how much talk has been around the jumper punch, and then he comes back and does it. You don't so need to. You know, I, I, I think Alex Rance was well aware of that too. Oh, big time! I liked him um, just as an aside. I really liked Alex Rance's comments. I interviewed him after the game, and he said, "You know, what's they said what message did you send to the Tigers fans? How far can you go?" And he said, "Just, <laughs> just keep those memberships out the microwaves for a few more weeks." <laughs> <laughs> There's got, oh, I know his audience. There's plenty it? of room for that, Mayfell. We, we we miss the characters, and Rancy's one of them. All right, uh, give me something you look forward to for this weekend, boys. Uh, Hawthorne, Sydney, mm. definitely Friday night blockbuster at the G. Like as good as Sydney's form has been since they're zero and six, they've lost to one side, Hawthorne. 
And they're a much better side than when they're a much better side than Hawthorne are a much better side than that that that, that point of the season as well. Yeah, exactly. They're they're a much mm. better side than their ladder position suggests. They've since the bye, they've played three the top three teams. Mm. They've, they've played what Adelaide. They beat them. Played GWS, drew with them. Played Geelong, lost by three points. Beat Collingwood, beat Frio, really convincingly. Had the highest kicking efficiency of the season against Frio. Yeah, I know. Made mm. made um old Brad uh, he'll cry. So that's yeah. what their kicking was. This will be close. Mm. Roots. Um, I'm looking forward to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I'm looking at this round 19 and it is the most unattractive round of football. North Melbourne, Melbourne, but GWS Frio, Port Adelaide, St. Kilda, but yeah, Gold Coast, be, Richmond. It's going to be, it's going to be a stinker. Carlton, Geelong. Ha, ha, do you guys play all right at Eddie Head? Yeah. yeah no, Eddie Head is Geelong's probably best ground. Actually, yeah, still. but if I can double Simmons. up, I'm looking forward to Carlton beating Geelong. Yeah, I think that's not going to happen. I think they're a chance. Carlton I think they're a chance. Carlton are cooked. They are cooked. With, with a, the, the way their midfield is... Um, so it'll make it even funnier. Well, yeah. what would be funny if Brisbane go over to Subiaco and roll West Coast? No, no way. <laughs> it's not going to happen. 11 goals for Josh Kennedy. <laughs> Collingwood Adelaide is one. No, nah, mate, he's on Harris Andrews. Harris Andrews won't let 11 goals be kicked on him. Oh, seven goals for Kennedy, then. I think Bulldogs Essendon might be a good game. That's It'll that's that's the depths of oh, yeah. we have to search for right. this round. That'll be good. Yeah, mm. right. Big, bigger rats might do a number on uh, on the Bulldogs. Mm. Dale Morris, feel sorry for him too after that broken arm. Yeah. That was disgusting. Be his last, be his last game, wouldn't it? Just about sure. There you go. We've retired Morris, and we've retired Lee Montagna, and pretty much retired Nick Rewald as well. <laughs> no one is safe. Just to wrap up the, the GFP Footy Podcast, we'll be back next Monday with another footy pod. Make sure you get in touch with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on the website. Until next week, catch you later.